The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. This is Denise Nostrom, CEO and founder of Diversified Financial Solutions. Now more than ever, investment advice is needed. Not just where best to invest your money, but why. Are you investing for your future retirement? Are you retired and looking to maximize your income? Are you maximizing your income and concerned with leaving money for your loved ones? Are you investing for your retirement at the same time saving for your children's education and at the same time saving to buy another home? Are the markets in line with your goals? Are your goals ever changing? Please contact me at 631-758-8691. That's 631 631- one seven five eight eight six nine one, or visit us at diversifiedfinancial.biz. For over 25 years, I have been helping individuals, families, and business owners navigate through all market conditions with only one goal in mind, my clients. Visit me at diversifiedfinancial.biz or call Denise Nostrom, founder of Diversified Financial Solutions at 631-758-8691. That's 631-758-8691 for a conversation about my most important client, you. Hello and good afternoon. We made it to Friday. Thank you for tuning in today. You are listening to The Financial Chick Show, and I am The Financial Chick. My name is Denise Nostrom, the CEO and owner of Diversified Financial Solutions, a full-service independent financial planning firm located in Medford. I'm here live every Friday from 5.30 to 6 p.m. on 103.9 LA News Radio. Your Financial Chick is here to help you make better financial decisions and choices to improve your life and reduce your anxiety and stress about money. If you want to know more about me or my firm, you can check out my website at financialchickshow.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Diversified Financial Solutions. So like our pages to get updates and see what is happening. So it has been quite the week, uh, kind of craziness, but uh, a little bit nutty here on this afternoon. But uh, I am thrilled today to have a guest on the air with me. He has been on the show before, and I'm always happy to have him on because he brings so much good information to us to navigate this crazy world of inflation. He has been on Bloomberg TV, a frequent contributor to financial publications, and an author of several books. I want to welcome the inflation guy, certified financial analyst, Mike. Michael Ashton. Michael, are you with me? Yes, I am. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I truly appreciate it. So I'm sure you're busy um, because, well, what do we've got going on? Inflation. <laughs> right? Uh, seems, seems like the, uh, the, 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 the more the, the tune changes a little bit, I guess, the, the overall... The overall theme of the music is is still the same. It's mm-hmm. inflation down, but but we're um, you know we're we're not the, the tune hasn't ended. We're going we're not going back to uh, what it was before, which is good. Which is good. But I guess to keep it in perspective, in the thirty years between nineteen ninety one and twenty twenty, the average rate of inflation in the U.S. was two point two percent. So maybe we'll just ratchet back and talk about what had happened and how we got here and. What's 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 going to happen? Yeah. I guess, or what do we pr- think we what will happen? Some predictions. It, it, it's really amazing, you know. Over the entire period you just mentioned, we never had core inflation above three percent, and uh, and now it's going to be a bit of time before we get core inflation back below three percent. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's you know we we know we know what what caused the problem, right? We know that it. it it flowed from COVID, but not so much from COVID itself, but from the policy responses to COVID, um, which were, you know, way more dramatic than, than necessary, especially on the monetary side, but also on the fiscal side. 
um, and then not pulled back quickly enough when it was all over. So we, we're still, you know, inflation kind of spiked up. Um, the Fed deserves some credit for, you know, starting to pull back in the other direction. You know, they're gradually shrinking their balance sheet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, core, core inflation went up to 6.6. It's down to 4.1. But, you know, as I, as I said in, in my podcast a couple of weeks ago after the CPI report, the hard part is just sort of beginning for the Fed and, and unfortunately for the rest of us here. Right, right. And, and I, you know, the bottom line, it really hits, uh, I mean, it hits everybody, but it, it hits particularly hard to the middle class. I mean, we take a look at uh, things that have increased, um, you know, forget about shelter and rent. Uh, that's been been in a whole lot, and that that hits us all. Of course, health insurance, but that's always been going up crazy. But things like eggs, um, yeah. you know, chicken, milk, bread, fruits and vegetables. So, I mean, these are all the things that hit us day by day. So, uh, what what seems to be the outlook uh, with that, or what, what's a way out of that? I guess. Yeah. Well, so I was actually just talking to a restaurant owner yesterday who said that chicken for her had gone up for. From you know forty dollars per hundred pounds, I probably don't have the the units right, but forty dollars up to one hundred and forty during COVID, and it's come all the way back to sixty, which sounds great. So you remember that's still up fifty percent, right? Right. Since <laughs> before COVID, and and the answer here, and by the way, that's that's going to happen everywhere. It's actually rare that a price is going to go back down. Things like food and energy will. Um, the rate of increase is going down. Uh, so inflation is coming down. Prices are not, and prices are not going to go back to the old level unless we get the amount of money in the system back to the old level. And, and no one's even really trying to do that. So, mm-hmm. so we're not going to we're not going to see prices like we saw in 2019, kind of ever again. I mean, uh, and so. And that's a sad fact to say, right? You know, because people do ask that: Will it ever go back down? And that's kind of a, an answer that probably not. Well, and I think that it's, you know, this is a, a messaging problem for, for policymakers because when, when you say, oh, inflation's going to go back down to what it was before COVID, which by the way is not going to for a while, but, but when mm-hmm. they say that, what everyone hears is prices are going to go back down to where they were pre-COVID. And those are different things. So you can say something which sounds very, uh, you know, very, very strong, you know, oh, we're going to have inflation back down to the old level. Don't worry. And yet we're all dealing with higher prices, which will not go away. And, and those, and so the average man on the street thinks you're just plain lying. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're telling the truth, it's just not the truth that they care about, which is, you know, how much more am I paying today than I was paying uh, just a couple of years ago? So, and again, the answer is the same, is that if you want the prices to go back down, then you have to have the amount of money in the system go back down. And that's just, that's really not in the cards because it would cause lots of other uh, uh, problems with the financial system, among other things. Right, right. So I guess, you know, I, that is the biggest problem. Like, what got us here? You know, well, we can go back yeah. to the uh, 2021 story that it was transitory and it wasn't really going to be so bad. And then um, 2022 came and went. Yeah. And yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that because that's when you really came into full force. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was a... Um, you know, the whole transitory thing was about supply chains and, you know, shortages everywhere. Um, but shortages are just another way of saying the price hasn't gone up enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if the price goes up enough, then the demand falls and you have enough to go around. But so whenever you have shortages, that means prices 
absent the shortages, prices would be higher, not lower. And so all the people saying that we were in a transitory situation because of we had shortages, and as soon as the shortages were taken care of, prices would come back down. Just that's that's the opposite of what economics says. Economics says no, no. When the shortages go away, it's going to be resolved most likely at a higher price. Um, and never mind, that's a micro problem. The macro problem again was, you know, printing trillions of dollars of money and and you know squirting that out uh to to everybody in in checks in your in your bank account which felt mm-hmm. great except it wasn't real wealth because all because prices went up to compensate so right. you thought you were wealthier but you really weren't <laughs> Yep, that's so true. And I think we're kind of seeing that now because people are still trying to spend at the same level they did during the pandemic, and they just don't have the resources. So I think we're at $1.1 trillion in credit card debt right now. And again, think of that with rates and inflation and, you know, uh, the rates on that has gone crazy too. So we have a lot of underlying things that could be quite uh, a problem down the line. And you've got default rates. Uh, going up on uh, uh, auto loans and credit cards and mm-hmm. things like that, whereas they didn't do that in 21 and 22 because there was so much, again, you know, you, there, was, there was cash that had been squirted into everyone's accounts. Well, now we're, we're, we're running out of that. We're, we're using it all up, and you're still left with this debt, and that means for a lot of people they can't service the debt. So mm-hmm. that's how we get defaults. And that's just one sign um, among many um and we got some more this morning in today's payroll report, that the next chapter here is the recession chapter where it it gets harder for the Federal Reserve to sort of, you know, to to navigate a way forward that's going to be uh, a nice outcome. Um, It's all very easy when, when things are growing rapidly to talk about higher rates and squelching inflation. It's a little harder when we head into a recession and, and that appears to be where we are going. Right. We're not okay. there already. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they've back and forth with that, too. We're going to have a recession. We're not going to have a recession. It's going to be a soft landing, and it's going to be, you know, a raging um, environment. So, you know, it, 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 you can listen to the news in the morning and in the afternoon. It's, it's something quite different. So it's, it's hard to really uh, navigate all of that and for people to yeah, understand what's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, Denise, it's because... Um, and and I, I'm guilty of that, too. I thought we'd have a recession early this year, and now I'm kind of thinking maybe we're in it now or maybe it's beginning of next year. But but the reason is that we you know, we obviously never we never saw anything like, you know, 2020 and 2021 and 2022. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're kind of on the, the backside of this kind of crazy period in economics where it was just really hard to make a prediction. Well, we're running into the break. Just hold that thought, and we're going to talk about that on the other side. You're listening to The Financial Chick Show, the company's diversified financial solutions. I help you look for solutions when you feel like there are none. Please stay tuned after the break. Welcome back. You are listening to the Financial Chick Show. I'm Denise Nostrom. My company's in Medford, or you can reach me at 631-758-8691 or visit my website at financialchickshow.com. I'm here to help you on your financial journey. Over the years, things change, and I'm here to help you navigate all those changes. Well, I'm delighted today to have with me Michael Ashton. He is the inflation guy. So we are talking all about inflation today, which is a concern everybody has. So, Mike, I guess... Uh, 
where do we go from here? Like what, what, what should people do to combat inflation? You know, I guess from a financial standpoint, their personal lives, you know, we know it's going to be here to stay for a while. Um, what, what do we do? Well, and, and you know, we, we just entered a very difficult period, and uh, obviously, we've been in a difficult period in some ways for a while here. But, but this morning, we got a payrolls number that you know, an unemployment uh, that where we had the unemployment rate tick up to three point nine, and the whole the whole report was weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when the unemployment rate has now risen a half a percent from from where it was in April. And kind of every time it does that, it, it gener- every time it rises at least a half a percent, it usually rises like another point and a half. So, so we're going into this weak growth period. Up till now, you know, the Federal Reserve could be sort of aggressive, they could raise rates, try to squeeze inflation away, and that was fine because we were growing well and, and, you know, and everything hopefully was going to work out. Fine. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're entering into a recession, now investors, individuals, and the Fed are getting in it from both sides. They're getting in. Inflation is too high; needs to come down. That calls for tighter monetary policy. On the other hand, growth is now slowing. People are getting, you know, are losing jobs. The unemployment rate is going up, and that calls for looser monetary policy. So, what do you to do? What do you to do if you're a Federal Reserve? Uh, if, uh, official, right? I mean, it's, you know, you're between the devil and the deep blue sea. You have, mm-hmm. do you, you know, how much do you want lower inflation right now at the cost of throwing more people out of work? And, uh, and so that's their problem. And the problem for, for the investors is, well, okay, at least I have higher interest rates now to invest in. Um, but the, but stock prices are still pretty high. And by the way, stock prices don't react well. To the beginning of a recession, to mm-hmm. unemployment going up, to interest rates being high, uh, and so, you know, it's it's a it's a fraught uh, investing environment as well. And the good news is that you know it's difficult to invest in bonds for a lot of reasons because of the fiscal position of our government, among other things. Right. Um, but in, but inflation-linked bonds have yields now that are up close. To two and a quarter, two and a half percent in the ten-year ten-year tips, and and that's actually a really attractive risk-free rate. You know, you're going to get inflation plus two and a half percent, which is not much less than you would expect to get from from equities over time. So, you know, and that protects you from inflation, whereas equities and bonds don't. So, um, and regular bonds don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where I'm. I've been pushing people it's been a difficult for a while it's been difficult that tips were kind of the best house in a bad neighborhood but that seems <laughs> to be a pretty decent deal in and of themselves okay all right well yeah because I, there was actually a recent study that they're saying 79% of US investors 30 years and older say they are most worried about inflation impacting their retirement which was up mm-hmm. from, from 73% in two, uh, just in 2021 so it's yeah. it's a big concern on everybody's mind, and, uh, and so it, you know the amazing thing. The amazing thing is more than half of Americans have been born since the last time we had inflation this high, and probably eighty percent of investors have been born since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I had a meeting with a client yesterday. Uh, we did a Zoom. She's down in Washington D.C. and uh, you know she's thirty something. And we were talking about inflation, and you know you kind of get that glaze over. I'm like, you don't really know what that means, do you? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, yeah. when, and, yeah. the, you know, they've never really lived through it. So they're, they're not sure. And I guess the, 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 the thing that most people can relate to is, is gas. You know, filling up their cars. And uh, even though, uh, just to give it, you know, oil has come down, actually. Oil uh, today closed a, a little over, a little under 81, 80 and, and change. Um, so we're seeing that come down from, so that's yeah. like counterinflationary, at least for the moment. You know, that yeah. could change with all the wars we have going on. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're right. So most people are not like, this is shocking to have inflation and have things be so expensive. Well, and by the way, you know, gasoline goes up, gasoline goes down. And if you look at gasoline now versus five years ago, it's probably actually not changed very much. Mm-hmm, it's true. really high. But food is the part that's weird because it's it goes up and down kind of too, but generally over a long period of time has gone down in inflation-adjusted uh, units. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have, don't forget about shrinkflation. So now you're buying products that presumably are, you know, are more expensive, I should say, but now you're getting less for your money. Because the packaging is smaller, and you're getting less product. Well, so. and, and on the food side, on the you know uh, the food at home, buying those eggs, buying that chicken, but the food away from home, going out to a restaurant, you also now have the impact of of, of higher minimum wage mm-hmm. uh, and and you know and, and the prior shortage uh, of workers there are has making has made eating out ridiculously expensive. I don't know about you, Denise, but a lot of the places that I went. You know, three or four years ago, even the ones who made it through COVID, they are 50% more expensive, everything on the menu than they were. Yeah, that's true. And even, yeah, just, you know, like doing events uh, at different, first of all, a lot of the catering halls have closed in our area here. I know you're in New Jersey, in New York, we've we've had a few close and that's the same thing, supply and demand. So they can charge the, the, the higher prices because there's not too many of them. There's not a lot of competition, too. Yeah. You know, so and it used to be, and it used to be because of the competition and because food prices went up and down, mm-hmm. that they would try to hold the price until until you know the the cost of their inputs went back down. But because the cost of those inputs isn't hasn't gone back down, and and because of those shortages of you know the lack of of uh, of competition there, those prices have gone up. You know, people have changed their menus. And as as an inflation guy, we look at when people do take those, that extra cost of changing, reprinting new menus, mm-hmm. putting the stickers on it that have higher prices, because once they do that, it's not going back down. Yeah. It's been a long time since we saw people reprint menus, and that's what's happening these days. As you're right. Actually, you know, I've seen that as well. I never thought about it, but that is true. Very, very you, true. You think about these things when you're an inflation guy. I would imagine you do. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what else? Uh, what else? Well, we'll tell, talk a little bit about the podcast. If anybody that's interested in, in learning more about inflation, uh, tell them a little bit about uh, where they can find you. Sure, sure. So, it's the Inflation Guy podcast, and you can find it pretty much uh, everywhere, uh, or go to inflationguy.podbean.com and find it there. Um, and uh, I also have a blog that's inflationguy.blog, and, uh, and both of those I put out kind of roughly weekly. Um, so it depends. And it's not the same content, but it kind of depends how you want to consume your content. But, you know, it's very, most of it is about inflation, um, some interest rates, some macroeconomic stuff, but, but it all kind of, a lot of it comes back to inflation because right now that's kind of the, the happy and exciting thing. Okay, not happy and exciting. <laughs> well, right. 
<laughs> but people are hungry for information. And, you know, I get, you know, questions from clients all the time. And, and you had answered one of them. Like, that was the thing. And I, I it was hard to, to say that answer. But, you know, prices have gone up, but will they come down? And, you know, you basically have said, no, you know, we've hit another bar. We, we've moved up. And uh, we're probably going to continue to to see that where we are. We're not going to go down too much at this point. Yep. So that's a uh, blog, and I do a podcast every every CPI day. I put out a blog and a podcast in the afternoon, and, and people seem to like those where I sort of summarize what we just learned and put it into context of of uh, what we thought was happening and what's what's going to happen next. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really useful information. So I definitely appreciate so. that. <laughs> so, but overall, how's your year going? I mean, we're almost at the end of it. <laughs> um, actually, it's been going okay. Um, the, it's the the sorts of investing that we do, focusing on inflation, we've been staying ahead of inflation. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it in a fairly low risk way, and that's a pretty unusual. Um, that's a pretty unusual combination um, because you know. Um, because I'm I'm an asset manager, um, a financial advisor, just like you, and mm-hmm. and um, at enduring investments, and and uh, like I said, it's been it's been a tough year, but it's the right environment for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost done, and with new start in 2024, and we have a presidential election, so it should be quite the ride. It's never an end, never ending saga, you know. So I want to thank you so much, uh, Michael Ashton, for joining me, Flation Guy, because I really appreciate you coming and giving us all that information. I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, continued prayers for peace and stability in the world and for each and every one of us. Don't forget to fall back and set your clocks back this weekend. One more hour of sleep, but it get dark, gets dark earlier. So let's do better and be better. Have a great weekend. Until next Friday. Advisory services offered through Blackridge Asset Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Peak Broker Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Blackridge Asset Management and Diversified Financial Solutions are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services.